0: You're listening to the Transforming India podcast, jointly brought to you by the Deepak and Neera Raj Center on Indian Economic Policies at Columbia University and The Times of India. I am Arvind Panagariya, Director of the Raj Center and Professor of Economics at Columbia. My co-host on this podcast is Professor Praveen Krishna. He is a Professor of International Economics and Business at Johns Hopkins University. Welcome, Praveen.
1: Hi, Arvind. Delighted to join you again for the fifth episode of this podcast as we continue to discuss Indian economic policies.
0: Praveen, as you know, Finance Ministry recently announced a slew of economic reforms meant to boost the economy. So I thought in this episode, we will discuss the most important of these measures, the cut in the tax rate on corporate profits. This is indeed a very
1: timely topic, Arvind. To give our listeners some of the background, India has witnessed a slowdown in growth recently. Growth for the year ending 30th June 2019 had dipped to about 6.1%. During the latest quarter for which we have estimates, that is the April to June 2019 quarter, growth was even lower at 5%. It's in response to these adverse developments that the finance minister announced a slew of reforms. Her announcement included a long list of measures, but the most prominent among them were lower lending rates then recapitalization of banks, and merger of 10 public sector banks into four banks, and finally a large cut in the corporate tax rate. Of these, the cut in the corporate profit tax is the one that has attracted the most attention.
0: And for a good reason, Praveen, this was a long-awaited reform And a very important one at that. To explore its implications, let us inform our listeners precisely what the government has announced. It has reduced the effective tax rate on corporate profits, inclusive of SAS and surcharge, from 35% to 25.2% for existing domestic firms. And for the new manufacturing firms set up after 1st of October 2019, but before 31st October 2023, the government has reduced the tax rate further to a lower level of only 17%. Firms can avail of these tax rates as long as they take no other exemptions. For new firms in manufacturing, the tax rate has been cut in half. This is the most dramatic tax cut in the history of almost any country. And I would dare say that perhaps this is the biggest single reform we have seen in India in the last 20 years or so.
1: Yes, Arvind, the reduction in this particular tax now brings India in line with its competitors. For existing firms, India's tax rate is now in line with that of China, Korea, Bangladesh, and Japan, but it still remains higher than rates in Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam, and Singapore. For new manufacturing firms set up before October 31st, 2023, the tax rate is lower than in almost all major countries, except Singapore, which also taxes corporate profits at 17%. Therefore, India has now eliminated one key tax that had been undermining its competitiveness as an investment destination. So this is a very important reform. And indeed, you'll recall, Arvind, that in our very first podcast episode, we ourselves had suggested such a cut as a kind of a possibly major and important reform for the Modi government to undertake in its first 100 days.
0: Yes, of course, Praveen, Uh, and that is also the reason why I said earlier that this was a long-awaited reform. But let me add that while this is an important and bold reform, to take full advantage of it, we also need to reform labor laws. We should not lose sight of the fact that even when profits were taxed at higher rates, India's entrepreneurs invested in highly capital-intensive sectors and technologies. It is a paradox of India that the entrepreneurs vehemently complain about high interest rates but then invest in the most capital intensive sectors and technologies. One would think that given the vast workforce like China in the 1990s and even 2000s India would spread its capital over a larger workforce but it does not do so. That points to a definite perception by entrepreneurs that labor laws make activities requiring lots of labor unprofitable despite low wages and high cost of capital.
1: That is very true Arvind. Labor laws are critical for the creation of good jobs and we should return to a fuller discussion of reforms in a future episode. But today let's focus on what the cuts in the corporate profit tax mean for India. And I should mention that one thing that has gone wholly unnoticed is that by putting an end to exemptions, in return for a lower tax rate, the government has cleverly eliminated a key source of tax disputes. Because rules allow tax authorities considerable leeway in deciding circumstances under which exemptions are permitted, they exploit them typically to extract bribes from taxpayers. And so in the future, with the removal of this, tax disputes related to the corporate profit tax will be confined to the reporting of profits. So the simplification, I expect, would curb harassment as well as reduce the number of tax disputes. Wouldn't you agree with that?
0: Oh, absolutely, Praveen. And this is exactly, I feel, what we also need to do in the area of personal income tax. A significantly lower tax rate with no additional exemptions will do the same at the personal tax level as well. A big advantage of the lower tax rate is that it increases incentive for economic activity on the margin. For corporate profit tax, a lower tax rate means that investment is more profitable. So entrepreneurs having greater incentive to invest. For individuals, a lower tax rate is an incentive to work harder and longer hours. Eliminating exemptions in exchange for lower personal tax rate will also make life a lot more livable for taxpayers. Most taxpayers say that they don't mind paying taxes, but it is harassment by tax inspectors that bothers them. Currently, many Indians complain that they are receiving tax notices from income tax and GST officers. So the only losers from the end of the exemptions, Raj, are corrupt tax collectors. But Praveen, returning to the corporate tax cut, we need to distinguish between its long-term and short-term effects. In your view, what are some of the important long-term gains from the latest policy move by the finance minister?
1: Arvind, uh, as far as the long term is concerned, first and foremost, I would say that this reduction in the tax increases the profitability of investment. Some projects that may not have been profitable at the higher tax rate now become profitable, and so investment will start taking place. And one should see a clear impact in the rate of investment overall. And I think given the structure of this reform, the impact on manufacturing should be particularly strong during October 2019 to October 2023, because investments in manufacturing during this period will attract this kind of super low corporate tax rate of 17%.
0: And Praveen, I would think that the lower tax rate would also make India a more attractive destination for foreign investors. In particular, it may encourage some of the multinationals currently moving from China to Vietnam, Bangladesh, Thailand, and other Asian countries to come to India. Similarly, the tax cut should also help make goods manufactured in India more competitive. This should result in increased exports as well, which is something India badly needs in view of its low share in the global export markets currently. There seems little downside to the reform in the long run, Praveen. And of course, that is the correct context in which to evaluate the reform, even though it has been introduced in the context of a short-term problem of growth slowdown. A crisis is an opportunity, and the finance minister has taken advantage of precisely that opportunity.
1: Uh, You're right in the essentials, Arvind. However, given that the current growth slowdown is what's on the minds of everyone, we should discuss the short-run implications of the tax cut as well. And the first issue here is really, what does the tax cut mean for fiscal policy? The tax cut is predicted to lower tax revenues by 0.7% of GDP. And so the question comes up as to what the government is going to do in response this hole in the budget and as I see it there's just clearly three options the government can cut expenditures by the amount of the tax revenue loss second it can simply let fiscal deficits rise and third it can look for alternative sources of revenue and so of course it can do any combination of all of these but let's consider the first option so if the government simply cuts expenditure then that will be contractionary even taking into account the increase in investment as a result of kind of you know increased profitability of investment due to the tax and so this possibility that there could be a contractionary effect is what many commentators who've predicted that this tax cut would be contractionary. This is the basis of their argument. And I personally think that cutting expenditures when aggregate demand is weak, which is kind of the circumstance of India right now, would not be a good idea. The second option, which is that the government lets the fiscal deficit go beyond this target of 3.3% of the budget, In this case, the increase in the fiscal deficit to the tune of the revenue loss will be expansionary on a net basis. So at a time of weak aggregate demand, this is not an altogether outrageous option. But given that the kind of the excellent track record of the government in sort of sticking to fiscal discipline, I would think I would kind of lean on the kind of the third option most heavily, which is to look for alternative sources of revenue. The government should more aggressively privatize public sector enterprises and monetize its infrastructure assets. This kind of kills two birds with one stone. The government gets to meet its fiscal target without cutting expenditure, but it also adds another major reform, which it can take credit for. So going by the reports coming out of the Department of Investment and Public Asset Management, it appears as if the government is going to exercise this option to a considerable extent as well. And and, I mean, I wanted to know what you thought about that.
0: Well, as far as I'm concerned, Praveen, that will be wonderful. I had been proactively pushing for privatization of many PSUs when I was serving at the Niti Ayog. So I'm fully with you on the third option. Let me add to that a couple more points. One, the government can also additionally push for some monetization of infrastructure assets. Here, what the government does is give, say, a road on a long-term lease for toll collection in return for an upfront payment, which is significantly large. Uh, This is something that has come on the government's agenda lately, and I think it will also be good for the government to start selling some of the urban land that it owns. That will help urbanization and at the same time help monetize land that is remaining unused. So it turns an unproductive asset into a productive asset. Let's hope that we finally will get some action on all three of these fronts. But let me briefly also touch, Praveen, on one somewhat puzzling conclusion that some media observers have come to. There is a view that the tax cut will have no effect on investment in the short run. One argument that is given is that currently there is excess capacity, and investors will wait till they are closer to reaching full capacity. But this argument relies on two assumptions. One, that the excess capacity exists in every sector and two, that any investment must lead to increased output right away. Both assumptions are false. The very fact that India is a net importer in many sectors tells me that there is scope for capacity expansion provided we are competitive and the tax cut would make many import competing firms more competitive. Why will they not invest more? On the second point, investors will surely see that lower taxes, especially in new manufacturing firms, will make them more competitive in the future. Indeed, they may even consider retiring some older investments faster to take advantage of the 17% tax rate. Some retirement is already underway due to liquidation as a part of cleaning of non-performing assets. That too should encourage investment for future production.
1: That is correct, Arvind. And incidentally, increased corporate profits due to the tax cut amount to an equivalent kind of increased savings in the economy. And these savings will translate into investment. So some have argued that the corporations will use these extra savings simply to kind of deleverage themselves. But when they retire debt, they inject equivalent liquidity into the system as well. So savings don't kind of disappear from the system just because the immediate savers don't put them into new investments. A final point I thought worth making is that lowering tax rates also permits firms to compete more aggressively by, by sort of cutting prices. And in a certain sense, this could help to boost consumption demand as well and give a kind of a you know, boost to the economy. How much of this will actually take place in terms of how much we see in terms of price reductions is yet to be seen. But this remains an, an kind of an interesting and important possibility as well.
0: Those are excellent set of points, Praveen. And I'm really glad you made them because I keep hearing these reservations about the impact of the tax cut that the finance minister has announced. Well, Praveen, this brings us to the end of the episode today.
1: Okay, Arvind. In that case, let me summarize our main points for our listeners. First, we would expect that the tax cut will increase investment, and specifically in the setup of new manufacturing in the coming years where the tax cut is going to be even more dramatic. Second, we should expect increased efficiency of tax collection because of the elimination of exemptions that should reduce corruption involved in the process. Third, there's a kind of a short-run question and whether we have a boost overall to the economy or not is going to depend a bit on how the government manages things on the fiscal front. If the government either lets the fiscal deficit expand a little bit or even better raises revenues from alternative sources such as privatization, that would be a truly expansionary support for the economy. Finally, uh, we shouldn't forget that to kind of maximize the impact of these tax reductions and to incentivize investment and job creation, the government should now take this opportunity to start looking seriously at labor law reforms. That is all we have in this episode. Signing off, this is Praveen Krishna.
0: And this is Arvind Panagaria on the Transforming India podcast, produced by Atisha Kumar, Research Scholar at Columbia University, and edited by Rebecca Magalwari at Insight at Columbia University. Thank you for listening.